It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all, looking to bring it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Rodgers snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon! Allen has time. Intercepted! Sauce Gardner's got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play downfield, Allen tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinton Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets, listen, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like Jet One. And a little bit later on, we are going to talk to my friend Glenn Naughton, the editor over at JetNation.com, to discuss Joe Douglas's press conference today, which was supposed to be a pre-draft press conference. But as I'm sure you can imagine, the press had some other questions they wanted to ask Joe Douglas about a different subject. So we'll get into that. And the subject I'm talking about, of course, is the trade of Aaron Rodgers from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets. And so before we get to Glenn Naughton, I want to talk to my friend Ryan Schlipp, who is the host of the Packernet podcast, because I wanted to get a feel for what the Packers fans are thinking and what's going on in Green Bay right now, what the vibe is with the fans there. So, Ryan, thanks so much for coming back on the show, man. It's always good to be back on with you. And uh it's good that it's finally behind us and we can kind of let the dust settle and, and kind of pick up the pieces and see where we're at now moving forward. I want to start with that, Ryan, because you and I, we've joked that I'm the Jets version of you or you're the Packers version of me. How relieved are you that this is done with and now we don't have to every single day constantly be looking at our phones and looking at Twitter, monitoring everything, and waiting for this to happen, and also, of course, battling people in our mentions and all that about all of the details. How relieved are you that this is finally behind us, as you just said? Yeah, I really think that's the biggest thing. I mean, spoiler alert, I, I do like the compensation, but I mean, the the number one biggest thing that I'm happy about is that it's it's done. And it's not like a lot of people like I'm I'm so done with the drama. That's a big Packers fan thing. As a podcaster, I love the drama. That's the worst part about Rodgers leaving. I don't have stuff to talk about in the offseason anymore. So that's not my thing. But um, I mean, just just the fear of like, you know, I mean, yes, there is the arguing, but what if it doesn't get done before the draft? What does that mean? What if this actually doesn't get done? Like, could we actually go talk to another team? Are there any other teams? What if he doesn't leave? Like, is he going to retire? So like the the genuine anxiety was starting to hit me, especially when we heard that the communications had kind of broken off. As much as in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, of course, this is going to get done. You start questioning it, and then you start kind of panicking a little bit, and then your whole draft thing, you're just trying to have a good draft, and that kind of gets ruined because you're panicked about all this other stuff, and then people are arguing and fighting about so it's it's good to be able to kind of rally around and uh you know Packer fans have kind of come together. I think everyone's mostly happy about the compensation and now we just get to focus on what are we going to do with it and we get to focus on Jordan Love and uh the the team moving forward. So yeah, it is it's a big relief and it's also just exciting because we can we can move forward. Before we get to what Packer fans seem to think of the compensation, where do you think Packer fans were at in terms of what they were expecting and as far as all the rumors and the buzz and all of that? Because I'd been saying all along, even if you just use your head, putting aside news reports and who's plugged in and all that, if you just use your head, 
It was common sense that nobody but the Jets were going to be interested because of that contract. And especially when you saw these reports about the Titans, that was the funniest thing on earth to me because <laughs> they just released half their team. So you don't do that and then go and get somebody like Aaron Rodgers and mortgage your future and trade draft picks and gobble up cap space and pay $60 million in cash in 2023 to a guy after you just got rid of your entire team. Also, I'm sure Rodgers would not have been happy about going to a team like that, but that's a whole other story. I'm curious where Packer fans were at in terms of expectations and what they really believed as far as how this was progressing going through the entire process. Did they feel like the Packers had the upper hand? Were more Packer fans sort of level-headed like you where they thought nobody really had the upper hand and both sides needed each other? Did they believe any of these stories about other teams possibly being involved? What was the vibe you got from doing seven days a week of Packers podcasts and even those call-in shows where people will call in and directly tell yeah. you what they think? Yeah, so it's it's really kind of all over the place. It's it's so hard to put your finger on it because there's so many different facets. Like like you said, there are that contingent that say that um, you know, that there's going to be a massive haul and there should be multiple firsts and and then of course you've got the the other side of it where it's like no, it's going to be a third and that's it and so it it's hard to kind of put your finger on the pulse of what the the consensus was. I think as far as like the call-in show, you, you start to get sort of a, a feedback loop. So people start regurgitating what, what I've been saying. But I, I guess what I would say is it started to feel like we were honing in on a value. And it it, it was like, okay, so we're not getting 13 straight up. Like that's, that's not a thing. Um, a swap is an option. I was pretty sure, and I think most people were pretty sure we were going to get one second. Maybe you get the other one, but probably one. But I think we were also starting to come to the realization that the next year's pick would be conditional and the conditional would be based on something that probably wouldn't happen. And I think that's kind of where most of us are kind of excited is now it's based on a conditional that most of us think will happen. And that probably will materialize into a first. Whereas before we're thinking, okay, maybe it's a second, but then it's going to be based on if he plays. So there's going to be a give back. So it's going to be a second minus like a 2025 third. So it's going to end up being this, inconsequential stupid thing so it's like okay we're gonna get like a, a second and a third value or something it's it, at least where i was starting to feel like we were heading and i was kind of bracing for it's not going to be big but let's just get this over with um and so again it's it's hard to know where everybody was at but i haven't found those packer fans who expected just you know we're going to get 13 we're going to get jermaine johnson we're going to get a wide receiver and we're going to get an additional first i haven't seen them come out and start panicking yet but Again, the, the overriding sense I was getting, and this is mostly the, the what, I, what I was gathering from the national media, really felt like a second and then probably a second and a give back. So again, that's where I come in and say, I'm, I'm certainly content with what ended up happening. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. How surprised were you that the terms wound up the way that they did? Because Charles Robinson was reporting the holdup was the conditions on that first round right. pick and the give back in 2025. He did say that he thought the Jets might be willing to relent on the give back if the Packers would relent on the straight shot first rounder that they were asking for. 
but the expectation was the Packers would eventually get a conditional pick where the pick was tied to the team's success. So in other words, it would be the Jets have to go to the AFC Championship game or the Jets have to win a playoff game. Now it's just Rodgers has to play. So A, it seems very likely that the Packers get the pick and B, there's a legitimate chance it ends up being a pretty good pick. Not saying that it's definitely going to happen because if Rodgers plays the 11 or more games that's required, odds are the Jets will at least be fairly good. And so you're not looking at necessarily a top 10 pick, but crazier things have happened. Look at what we just saw with Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Broncos end up giving away the number five overall pick as part of the deal for Russell Wilson to the Seattle Seahawks. So how surprised were you that that ended up happening? Yeah, I, I didn't even really think that that was an option. I mean, the, the, the hearing that the Packers wanted the straight shot one, I didn't think that was going to happen. So I really, I wasn't. Bottom line, I wasn't expecting a one next year, and now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we're probably about ninety percent, maybe a little higher. You know, just based on the odds that he makes it the, the twelve games or whatever it needs to be. Um, the 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 other thing that's good about it is some other people have pointed out is. Um, if we don't get that, it's probably a high two, right? If Rodgers misses half the the season, mm -hmm. then it's probably not going to be a great record for the Jets, which means it will be a second, but it's probably not going to be a back of the second pick. So, you know, assuming if the Packer, if if the Jets play, they get relatively far, and if they don't, then they don't get far. I'm kind of viewing it as somewhere between twenty and like a top ten in the second, kind of probably somewhere in that range. Um, which again, I'm I'm completely content with either way. Like the worst case scenario and the best case scenario, I'm completely content with. And 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 again, um, just happy with the conditions because I didn't think that that was necessarily on the table. I I didn't see a scenario where more than likely than not we were going to end up with a first round pick. And again, I was a hundred percent expecting some kind of a give back based on him playing in 2024 and that's not even on the table uh it, you know again Gutekunst has been very clear the deal's not done let's wait until it's done so we'll see but assuming these are the full details um yeah it's just it's it's better than I was expecting for sure it's funny because I saw somebody say that the difference between this and the Favre trade from the compensation standpoint beyond the fact that obviously the Packers got more for Rodgers than they did for Favre at the time is that if you're a Packers fan you were rooting for the Jets because the better the Jets did, the better the compensation would be to the Packers. It's the reverse now, if you think right. about it, for the Packers and the Jets, where if you're a Packers fan, you're incentivized to root against the Jets because if the Jets do poorly, then the pick ends up being much better for the Packers. What you do want, of course, is for Rodgers to make it to those 11 games, and then beyond that, you hope everything goes south. So very different situation. It's kind of sad, Ryan, because I was hoping that the conditions would be such that you and I could both root for the Jets together this year, but it <laughs> right. doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Yeah, that, that was... Um... One of the things that I'd mentioned yesterday on the podcast is, you know, that there was a time where most Packer fans were saying, you know, best of luck to you. I hope, you know, one of the things that was said a lot is, you know, I, I hope Rodgers goes to the Jets and I hope they win the Super Bowl, assuming that we're not the team in the NFC, you know, best of luck to you and all that. That's out the window. Like you, you can't do that anymore as a Packer fan because every game they win hurts us. So yeah, right now it is, it is a matter of, we, we need to to balance that between he needs to be very healthy, but also um, you, you need to lose games. And then the other concern is, you know, just hypothetical here, 
at what point, let's just say the the Jets go undefeated with Rodgers for some really weird, re- or not undefeated, uh, winless with Rodgers through 10 games, at what point do they just pull the plug and say, no, we're not giving you a first for this garbage? So it, I, there, there's a lot of scenarios, but the bottom line is, yeah, we're, we're 100% rooting against the Jets. Ryan, I'm curious where Packer fans are at in terms of Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, 15 years ago when this happened the first time and the Jets traded for Packers legend at quarterback. Very different situations in the sense that Favre had actually retired, then came back, and then he made a scene at training camp, but there was more of a sense of urgency because it happened late in the summer. And so obviously the season was right around the corner. Some people have said that a lot of the fan base is much more ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers than they were from Brett Favre at the time. Felt like there was a legitimate split with Packers fans back then, people that were siding with Brett Favre and people that were siding with the organization. This time around, and maybe because of how polarizing a figure Aaron Rodgers is, doing this routine over the last couple of years where you didn't know exactly what was going to happen with him, is it a situation where Packers fans mostly were ready to move on, go to Jordan Love, and they're not entirely sad that Rodgers is gone? Yes, of course, there's always going to be a part of you as a Packers fan that will miss Aaron Rodgers and how good he is. But do you sense that it's different this time with Rodgers than it was with Favre 15 years ago? Yeah, I do think so. I mean, at first it seemed like it was pretty similar, that there were going to be a, a strong contingent of Rodgers people that were going to kind of cling to that to the bitter end. They would, you know, just like they were Jet Far fans, now there'd be Rodgers Far fans or Rodgers Jet fans, however, however, whatever creative way you want to say that. Um, but it, it seems like as this has gone on, a lot of the sort of hardcore Rodgers till I die fans have at least gotten to the point where they realize that this just has to happen, right? First of all, Rodgers was never coming back. Um Rogers wanted to retire and all that, and, and now he wants to be a Jet, and it, just just all the different variables and factors that came up. Um, it, it became it's the contract is another one. They came to the realization that this cannot continue, no matter how much you want it to be. And I think rather than just overtly saying this is stupid, we should keep him. You guys are idiots. They've kind of embedded themselves in different uh, things. For example, that they, they are just very firmly rooted in this anti-Green Bay GM, anti-Brian Gutekunst, anti-Jordan Love. They've just become these petty, sort of angry, bitter fans that want to tell you how stupid the team is at every turn while pretending that it's not all about Aaron Rodgers, but it really is. But there, there isn't a real loud contingent of the fan base that that says we should have tried to keep him or something. Because, again, it's just it's just an argument that is completely lost, and there's there's no way to to come to that conclusion rationally anymore. Talking to a Jets fan, what would you say to them right now in terms of how they should feel? Because you have a different perspective. You watched Aaron Rodgers for 15 years. You know exactly what the Jets are getting in a variety of different ways, not just on the field, but off the field. And also, you watched him last year. He did have the thumb injury, and I know that he had new players, and so people have talked about that. But you do know that there is the possibility, of course, of some sort of regression coming down the pike. He is turning 40. So there are positives and there are negatives, and I think you're one of the people who is uniquely suited to speak to those. What would you tell a Jets fan here in terms of how they should feel and what they should expect? Well, that's the hard thing is I'm I'm not a Jets fan, so I you know I haven't been through what you guys have been through for as long as you've been through it. You know, as a Packer fan who's had what I've had over the last thirty years of my life, 
Um, I look at, you know, just getting trading one year of Aaron Rodgers and I don't understand it. You know, it, it doesn't compute for me. But at the same time, I, as I spent time to think about it, it's like, you know, look how long you guys have been trying to kind of get to this point. And right now you're at a position where you can feasibly plug him in and be Super Bowl contenders. And and it's it's hard to walk away from that as much as, you know, my mind goes to, you know, you don't do that for one year, all this, you know, kind of stuff that's been programmed into my head through Ted Thompson and all these guys over the years. But um, look, I, I, I look at the situation and knowing Aaron Rodgers, look, Aaron Rodgers was bad last year and don't let it, you know, well, it was his broken thumb. No, it wasn't. He, he didn't try. He didn't train. He showed up to training camp flabby and he didn't, you know, it was, it was a bad, ugly situation. He didn't try to get to know the guys, but I don't think that's the version that's going to go over to the New York Jets because the whole point of Aaron Rodgers over the last several years is he stopped trying. That's what we saw in 2017, well, injury, and then 2018. Then um, when when we got his replacement, all of a sudden you get MVP Rodgers, right? So this is a guy who thrives on having a chip on his shoulder, and he has a huge chip on his shoulder right now. So I think he's going to go out there. He's going to absolutely put his best foot forward. All the stuff that we were hoping he would do for us with the working out and trying and getting to know the the guys and getting into the playbook and everything, I think he's going to do that. I don't know what that manifests into, but honestly, I mean, you're looking at a a very real chance, and and that's all you can ask for is a chance. Your your GM has an obligation to put your team in a position to to have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. There are no guarantees. You build a team that can get to the playoffs and that can win, and then you just put it on those guys to get there. And I don't think anybody can even dispute that you're at that point now. Whether or not he plays the the year after or the year after that or whatever, I don't know. And how the financial implications are going to turn out, I don't know. But the bottom line is, without Aaron Rodgers, there is no chance. With Aaron Rodgers, there's absolutely a chance. So I understand it. I do think you're going to get the best version of him. Certainly hope he's healthy for both of our sakes. And, um, you know, I, I think um, the only other thing I guess I would add is it's been really hard to understand over the years why the Packers have been able to get to the playoffs and not through the playoffs. And the biggest thing that I've come to the realization for is that it's culture. And um, I think the Jets have built a a much better culture with the the staff that they have there now and, and the young guys that are all fired up and energetic and ready to go. And so as long as Rodgers can come in and kind of embrace that and be a part of that, I, I think there's a very real chance, maybe even more so than there was here, especially considering the defense also being a factor, um, of actually winning it all. As tough as it's going to be in the AFC, um, I've come to the realization that I at least understand where the Jets are coming from. Even if it's just one year, we're willing to pay whatever it takes to to take that one chance. Ryan, you just hit on something interesting. What do you think the Jets would need to do to make this different than what we saw the last few years in Green Bay? As you said, won a lot of regular season games, but they had problems in the playoffs, never got back to the Super Bowl after the initial Super Bowl victory by Aaron Rodgers in February of 2011. What do the Jets need to do, do you think, over the next year or maybe two if he stays for two years to ensure that this is different for them than it was for Green Bay the last couple of years? It's going to pain me to do this, but if you want a, a picture of the right way and the wrong way to do it, the wrong way is the Packers, the right way is the Lions. Um, the Lions have a locker room that is just built on belief. They genuinely believe in themselves. They believe in their coaches. They they, they don't have a ton of talent, but man, they play to the full extent of their abilities. And then the Green Bay Packers, you know, we, we had a uh, situation, again, none of us are able to really comprehend why these guys are just not showing up. 
And I, I went back through and looked at all the different players and all their grades and all that stuff. And, and guys are having the worst games. They've, you know, Aaron Jones, two fumbles and Devontae worst game of the year in the playoffs and all this stuff. But our, our tight end at the time, Robert Tunyon went on one of these podcasts and said, you know, there's this weird thing that happens. We get into the playoffs and suddenly we just, we don't have belief in ourselves anymore. We feel like we're frauds and like, Oh, you know, it's just this weird cultural apathy where they don't feel good about themselves. They don't actually feel like they, but so there needs to be a culture within the locker room that is, that is headed up by the head coach, which I, th I think you guys have a really good one, especially in the, from the cultural component. Um, but there, there needs to be as silly as it sounds, a genuine belief that this is real, that this is going to happen, that we have the guys to do this. And um, as hard as it might be for a, a team like the Jets, who ha haven't really been in that position, um, the Lions were in the same boat. And for some reason, they were able to get to the point where they said, we do believe and we are going to be there and we are going to do it. So I don't know exactly what the locker room dynamics are there, but that's what has to happen. Those young guys might need to lead the way and just say, we're, we're taking over. We are going to be the best and we're going to show everybody. Because again, if you want to be like the Packers, then you just need to be a team that's loaded with talent, but doesn't actually believe because you got enough talent to actually win games, but then you get into the playoffs and go up against other teams that also have talent, but they also have belief and they put 110% on the line. You're not going to get anywhere. So, um, I guess I would just say that's something to keep an eye on as the season goes on is is just guys getting fired up and and how the locker room dynamics are and you know those locker room halftime things is it the coach talking and the rest of the guys kind of wandering around or is it people jumping and screaming and getting hyped up because that's what I think the Packers are missing and I think that's what the Jets will need. Thanks Ryan. Now before we run, let's talk to our friend who is the editor over at jetnation.com, Glenn Naughton. Glenn going to be joining us for post-draft coverage after each day of the NFL draft. Really looking forward to the recaps with Glenn because Glenn loves college football and watches endless amounts of it, so he's the perfect person to talk to about this stuff. But for now, we're going to talk about the press conference that Joe Douglas held talking pre-draft, but really what it turned into was a press conference about the Aaron Rodgers acquisition, which I'm sure they knew was going to happen. Glenn, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, happy to be here. Only uh, only a couple more days till the draft kicks off. Indeed. And now we don't have to worry about the Jets being on the clock and hearing all the buzz about will Rodgers get traded, will Rodgers not get traded. I do find it interesting that all the people that said, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to be held until after June 1st because they want to split the cap hit up. Nope, that's not what happened. The Packers set themselves up to make this move before June 1st. Now they can take that money and use it next year when they're really going to need it because at this point, free agency is basically over for all intents and purposes. So it's not like they were going to go out and spend a bunch of money on some fancy free agent. But now the Jets deal with the ramifications of the cap hit, which is not really that bad because it's a $60 million cash bonus, $58.3 million to be exact, and it only ends up being a $15 million cap hit this year. That's not really the issue. The issue, of course, is the cap hits after Rodgers walks away. We've heard reports from Connor Hughes over at SNY that the Jets and Rodgers are working together on some sort of agreement that would lessen the later cap hits. We'll see. Connor Hughes has also said that the Jets are optimistic that Aaron Rodgers will play two or maybe even three years. Optimistic and sure are two different things, and that's something that Joe Douglas addressed. So, Glenn, Joe Douglas did talk about Quentin Williams, and he did talk about Corey Davis, and we're going to get to that. But first, you were watching the presser live. Talk about what Joe Douglas said. I know you were live tweeting it. There were some interesting notes here about the Rodgers acquisition. 
I thought the the most interesting response uh, to me from Joe Douglas because a lot of it, you know, he was he was very hesitant to to offer any. Like, for example, somebody asked if if the Jets had gotten any assurances from Aaron Rodgers about playing a second or third year. You had to know the question was going to be asked of Joe Douglas. And he just kind of uh, he just said, well, I don't want to I don't want to put words in Aaron's mouth, which is weird to me because that I mean, putting words in someone's mouth is is lying. Like no one was asking, hey, Joe, could you lie on behalf of Aaron? Um, It was more when you spoke to Aaron, was this a topic? Um, which Douglas would obviously be able to speak on because he it would have been a conversation he had. My thought is, why would Joe Douglas not be able to divulge it if they knew it was going to be two years? Like, it's it's a weird thing to say he would sort of hide that or keep it quiet um, just because. Like, like, is Aaron Rodgers waiting to announce that it's going to be two years? I think what we're going to hear from Aaron Rodgers is we're going to take it year to year. I'll see how I feel at the end of this season. Um, and maybe it will be two. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how that goes. But I just thought it was interesting. Joe Douglas did not address that directly. Um, you know, again, saying I don't I don't want to miss I don't want to put words in Aaron's mouth, so we're not going to talk about that. Um, and and the fact that he when asked, I believe it was Rich Samini, um, and credit to him because I, I I thought it would have been the first question. Um, he basically said, Joe, like you gave up a lot for a guy who might leave after one year, could be a first round pick. You know what 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 was the thought process there, and. Joe Douglas has basically said, ultimately, our goal from the beginning was to add Aaron to the team. Um, Aaron Rodgers has played, started 15, 16 games in 15 of the 17 years that he's been a starter in the NFL. So, yes, it's possible he might get hurt. And that's what the Jets are. You know, we can say they're protected, but you're still giving up a two if he doesn't play and they don't make the playoff. Um, but I, I was shocked that, it, you know, there was no performance incentives. No, we got to make the playoffs. We got to win a playoff game. And I think that was expected. And I think that's why Joe Douglas just kind of took the question and said the goal was to add Aaron. Basically, you know, we we took a pass on all that other stuff and uh, and we just wanted Aaron in the building. He talked about how this is, you know, a historic day for the team because of Aaron Rodgers history which it is in that sense i get all that but i just thought it was interesting that he uh um he just said we just wanted aaron earlier on the show glenn ryan said aaron Rodgers seems to be motivated more by spite and anger than anything else right now as long as he has a chip on his shoulder then he may continue to play and right now his motivation is to prove the packers wrong his motivation before this was also to prove the Packers wrong because when they drafted Jordan Love, they were telling him, we think you're right around the end of your career, and all of a sudden he wins two MVP awards. Now they're telling him, we think it's time for you to move on. We want to go to the young guy. We think that you're holding him back. And so now his motivation is to go to the Jets and try to win there. If things go well, then he's probably more likely to stay for more than one year. But as you said, Glenn, there's no way to know for sure. I would imagine that Aaron Rodgers might even use his favorite word, intention. He might say, it is my intention to play for the Jets Mm -hmm. more than one year. But anything can happen between now and then. A month ago, he said he was 90% retired. So there is optimism in the building, and there should be, because they just got one of the great quarterbacks of all time. And he would stand to get another $50 million in cash if he sticks around next year. So you would hope that if the Jets have a good year, he would want to come back and play another season, especially, as we said, being motivated by wanting to prove the Packers wrong. But as of now, there's a reason that Joe Douglas wouldn't definitively answer that question. Some other things that Joe Douglas said involving the Aaron Rodgers acquisition, a long time in the making, still some I's to be dotted, T's to be crossed. 
but it was a lot of conversations on the big expectations that come with having Aaron Rodgers. Douglas said adding a player of Aaron Rodgers caliber is a big thing, but we have a lot of work to do to get where we need to go. Douglas said that last year Rodgers wasn't at 100% and still played at a high level. We've talked about that there was a drop-off in his play. He did have that fracture in his thumb, and he did have newer players around him. So there are many who have said that's what led to a weaker season, and that's not a decline. We should find out soon enough if that's the case. Douglas, on what Aaron Rodgers' acquisition could mean for Zach Wilson, this is going to be a great thing for Zach. Zach's ceiling is unlimited. By the way, Charles Robinson of Yahoo, who is a guest on this show, says that the Jets' plan here is for the Jets to either pick up Zach Wilson's fifth-year option, which I can't see happening because that would have to be done by next May, and I have no idea how you could justify paying Zach Wilson $20 million in 2025 after what we've seen from him so far. That money gets guaranteed the second they pick up that option, or they would try to bring him back on a cost-effective deal after his contract expires at the end of 2024, at which point there would probably not be much of a market for him. They could have him compete against the veteran for the job, but by then they would have seen him in practice, been able to chart his progress and see if they believe that he has turned the corner. I get it in theory, but again, I don't think this has ever been done before where a quarterback was as bad as Zach Wilson was. A veteran QB comes in, takes the job for a couple of years, and then magically that guy becomes good on that same team that he was bad on. If he were to go somewhere else, maybe he would stand a better chance. It's not impossible. I'm just saying it hasn't been done before, so we'll see. But I definitely don't think they're picking up his fifth-year option. Maybe they would do what Charles suggested in terms of trying to bring him back on a cost-effective deal once his contract expires at the end of year four. And by the way, if Rodgers is playing three years, I guess Wilson would have to agree to come back as a backup in that scenario. Douglas also said that they're still working through some details before the Aaron Rodgers deal is finalized. I would suspect that has to do with the contract situation that we were talking about. Connor Hughes saying that the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are trying to put together a more team-friendly deal. I would imagine that it's not going to mean Rodgers takes less cash money, but he may be willing to work with the team on structuring the deal in a way where they don't get hit as badly each year on the cap. That, of course, is for the cap guys to figure out. As I said before, beyond Aaron Rodgers, we heard from Joe Douglas on the Quinn Williams and Corey Davis situations. Douglas said he's optimistic that the Jets and Quinn and Williams are trending to a good place on a contract extension. And Quinn and Williams responded on Twitter, quote tweeting it and putting the word optimistic in quotes. I don't know if that's good or bad. Nobody really does. We're just guessing. I would think that if Joe Douglas is saying he's optimistic, then they've at least made some progress. But I guess we'll see. Hopefully it gets done before training camp. Douglas also addressed the Corey Davis situation, saying that Corey Davis is a, quote, great leader and a valued member of the team and franchise he did not however say that Davis will definitely be here which was the question so my suspicion is that the Jets will go into the draft if they draft a receiver that they like Corey Davis at 11 million dollars with Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard already here becomes expendable maybe they look to trade him and if they can't trade him they release him but if they don't get somebody in the draft if they aren't able to pick up somebody after June cuts or something like that who they believe is a better value, then maybe Corey Davis sticks around. Or maybe they try to do with him what they did with Jamison Crowder a couple of years ago and say, 
listen, you're making $11 million. You're not going to get that on the open market. Let's restructure, keep you here till the end of the year, and then you can move on to another team and hopefully get yourself another contract. That was essentially what happened with Crowder a couple of years ago when he took a pay cut to stay with the Jets for the final year of his contract. So, Glenn, thoughts on the rest of the comments by Joe Douglas in the presser, including what he said about Quentin Williams and Corey Davis. I think the the Quinn and Williams piece is interesting, you know, especially that that he felt the need to to reply. Um, it, it's a matter of are they seeing things that because to me, if you quote somebody like that, you know, you put quotes around something they said, you're kind of saying that's their version of it or that's the way you see it. You know that, that you know this is so called progress or so called you know optimism. Um, but uh, at the same time, though, the reality of the situation is that players do like to use social media to to negotiate their deals nowadays. You know, their teammates are going to hop on and tell the team to sign a guy now and give him his money and all that. So there's part of me that thinks, oh, it's nothing. And then there's another part of me that thinks for as much as, you know, Joe, Joe Douglas is, I think, for the most part, um, a respected GM. I you know I like him a ton, uh, you know even though I don't love the the Rogers compensation I don't know that that was all him, but I think that it's it's a little surprising to me they haven't gotten Quinn and locked up already, um, only because you kind of knew like when the season ended, you're thinking all right well get this guy locked up quickly because other guys are going to start signing and every guy that signs you're going to have to pay him more than them, so every couple weeks or months that you wait you risk someone else signing somewhere and then the price tag going up. So who knows, maybe earlier in the offseason they would have gotten them for $22 million a year, but now a few guys have signed and they're getting 23 24 so now you kind of figure Quinn is going to get 25 which is fine, pay him what he's worth. Um, and, and fans suggesting the Jets trade him I think is ridiculous. Uh, you know, what the hell is the point of drafting players if you're going to trade them as soon as you find a couple of good ones? Uh, so Quinn, I think, I think he's using social media to put a little bit of pressure on teams, which is what players like to do nowadays. And I think the Jets will get it done, but I, I would have preferred they'd gotten it done sooner. Corey Davis, you and I have talked about him a few times, really from the start of the offseason until now. And we've kind of stuck by the fact that we thought there was a much better chance than most people would acknowledge that he would still be around when the season started. And I think that, you know, we, we've talked about how the market exploded for receivers and he's relatively a bargain. He's a good player. You know, I I, I know he's been dinged up, but I, I said to someone yesterday, I, I kind of put the, the season highlights on my TV on YouTube the other day, just as background. I was watching college games, but I was like, I'll throw on Jets highlights. And the number of times I looked up and see Corey Davis making a big play, it's like you forget how, you know, he, I, early in the year, I think he had what, like 18 receptions and 17 of them were for first downs. And he just, he the guy's a good player. Um, but that being said, the Jets have five picks this weekend, so I wouldn't be surprised if he gets shopped. Um, I don't know how much you can get for him, but I think they're going to need more picks. Five for for what they need, and having lost that second now and, and not having that third, there's a big gap between their second and third picks, 80 or 90 picks between picks two and three. It's going to be fascinating, Glenn, to see how the Jets handle the draft now with no third-round pick, having traded away that second-rounder, that they got for Elijah Moore in the Aaron Rodgers deal. So now they've got the first rounder, number 15, the one that they swapped with the Packers for number 13. They've got the second rounder, number 43. And then after that, they've got a fourth and two fifths. So they'll have to find a way to get as many quality players as they can with those draft picks. Very different situation than Joe Douglas has had the last couple of years where he had multiple picks, not just in the first round, but on days one and two will not be the case this year. So we'll see how he handles it. 
and we will have full coverage of it right here on Play Like a Jet. We'll, of course, have videos on our YouTube channel. We'll have some articles up at playlikeajet.com as well. And our friend Glenn Naughton over at JetNation.com, the editor there, will have plenty of written content. He'll be podcasting and he'll be coming on with me after each night of the draft to do our draft recap shows each day to talk about what the Jets did and what happened in general in the draft. Really looking forward to going through all of that with you, Glenn. Appreciate you coming on today and talking about the Joe Douglas Presser. For those that want to check out what you got going on at JetNation.com and are looking forward to our draft coverage the next couple of days, what do you have going on over at JetNation? And what can they expect from the two of us for a couple of days? Yeah, you know, JetNation.com, check out the message boards, most active independent uh, jet site on the web, up and running. I think we've been going for 18, 19 years. I've been a uh, writing now god i don't know how long seven eight nine years but yeah check us out on there check us out on twitter myself and dylan terman live thursday nights at 6 30 um i pop on throw on the occasional video usually sort of monday nights also we've added to the lineup uh chris schubert of the draft network who uh does great work with them he's you know he, he's he's a guy who knows the draft as deep as anyone else you're going to find um and he's been joining us lately we and him have been doing a friday night show talking jets talking draft so be sure to check that out and uh yeah follow us on twitter we'll shoot out the links when the shows are going thursdays are live the other shows are recorded and uploaded but uh be sure to check us out make sure to check out everything glenn's doing over at jetnation.com and everything that glenn and i are going to do over the next few days involving our coverage of the nfl draft here on play like a jet we'll have videos up on our youtube channel youtube.com slash play like a jet where the thunder from down under has some awesome all 22 reviews including one of aaron Rodgers playing against the afc east last year seems relevant now doesn't it so watch that video if you haven't already watch the other videos we have up and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers quentin williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's tee and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital, playlikeajet.com. 